This is Amateur Logic, episode 149 for November 15th, 2020, another Friday the 13th. This episode of Amateur Logic is brought to you by MFJ, the world leaders in ham radio accessories at mfjenterprises.com. Ham for the holidays, and ICOM's got two new radios. The ID52A handheld and IC705 will give hours of fun and enjoyment working your favorite bands this holiday season. Good evening, everyone. I'm George. I'm Tommy. I'm Emil. And I'm Mike. Sorry about that, Mike. I tried to chop you off there. We've got another special episode of Amateur Logic for you tonight. This, well, it's actually titled Another Friday the 13th. Didn't we just have one of those two or three months back, it seems like? I think your 2020 is just full of Friday the 13th, if you want to know the truth. Obviously. See? <laughs> What's up, Mike? He's trying to chop you off. Yeah. He's going to go off. Okay. Well, I, I see we, we're going to have a lot of excitement tonight. Um, well, what has everyone been up to since the last show? I... I frankly I don't remember what I've been up to, but maybe one of y'all do. Tommy? <laughs> well, I'm not sure what you've been up to. I haven't seen you in <laughs> since uh, March. But uh, I've been I've been just kind of tied up at work. I haven't had a chance to do a lot of ham stuff, but uh, I actually got a little project I'm going to get out in the morning and do. I'm kind of excited about that. So you'll probably see it uh, next month, though. Cool. I've, I've been working on a couple of projects that are not quite ready for prime time but i think they're going to be very cool one i was going to try to shoot the video last night but well there were a couple of snags let me just say i didn't shoot the video for it last night so obviously we're not going to watch it tonight email what have you been up to well i'm kind of feeling like uh johnny from the the airplane movie you know it's a twister it's a twister uh, the hurricane's spinning in here down here and I got HF antennas all over my trees. I got trees everywhere. It's it's been it's been fun down here with all the hurricanes. So that's what I've been up to. Okay. And Mike, what about you? On the weather front, uh, no pun intended, um, we've been having some wild weather over here too. Uh, we've gone from let's see, two days ago, seventy degrees Fahrenheit during the day. To we're going down to below slightly below freezing at night now, and uh, the high today was I don't even know. We probably made it to about I don't think it even made it to fifty. It was pretty cold. Wow, cool! Congrats on your homebrew hero award for twenty twenty. Absolutely. Well, yeah. Thanks, guys. And there it is. You can use this for an iPad tonight, Tommy. <laughs> it's uh. <laughs> 
It is. It's a major Tommy, award. Tommy, they spelled your name wrong. Uh, it's it's going <laughs> to reflect too much in here. I'm going to send some Morse code with it, though. It's the 2020 Homebrew Heroes Award. I didn't even know I was in the running, and uh, Frank called me up and said, Guess what? And I said, What? And he says, You're the Homebrew Hero for 2020. We don't have a cape, but we're going to send you a shirt. And this is not the shirt. I, I should have had the shirt out here, and we could have made, uh, well, I could have worn it tonight, but I, I didn't think about it. I grabbed this last minute. I will be directing traffic after the show tonight, and I just <laughs> felt. Keep this. things getting all backed up in the parking lot, the studio. Yeah, this was left over from Halloween, you know, so I just happened I, to be. I in thought it was your number three uh, resistor color code shirt. <laughs> No, that would be red. Red's no, no, that huge. would no, it would be orange, wouldn't it? Yeah, because black. Mike, is, do you, do you think any of those awards have to do with um, any of the bamboo work he did as a professor? <laughs> Making ba- batteries out of coconuts and such. Yeah, coconut <laughs> batteries and bamboo towers. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. That's some serious homebrew right there. Yeah, I I Not don't know, really. How I was chosen, it was um, an anonymous steering committee that did the choosing. And I don't know who they were choosing among. I just know that uh, I I won it, and I'm, I'm very humble and thankful for it. And I got some nice prizes to go along with that. We'll look at some of those in the future, and I'll use some in some segments. And, um, yeah, some really nice stuff. It really surprised me, so I don't know. That that's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah, well, that's cool. Very cool. Absolutely. Okay. It's raining. No. That <laughs> was the applause. Well, anytime we've got a show streaming live, we've got something else going on live at the same time. What is that, Mike? Well, we have a chat room going on. And it's not the chat room on the YouTube channel. It's the amateurlogictv.chat. And uh, as Tommy would say, if you're uh, not in there, you're missing half the fun. And which half is up to you? Okay. That pretty much sums it up. It's very astute. Well, let's get on into some of the rundown on the show tonight. I think first up, well, let's congratulate Email. He won a major award this month, too. Email is the official amateur logic slacker of the month. <laughs> yes. Well, oh, well, actually, speaking of Emil, I want to thank Emil for, I got a cup. Uh, the high Q, I'm trying to get it where you can see it, but I think it's not working out for me. <laughs> high Q, high Q. Uh, it's got a 705 on it, the 15th anniversary amateur logic, similar to the one you had, George. It's got a different saying on it. Yeah, um, mine was. Anyway, amateurlogic.tv family established 2005. Happy 15th anniversary. So I appreciate that, Emil. It's pretty no awesome. No problem. You deserve, well deserved, both of you. Happy 15th and ha- thanks for everything. Had a little spot of tea in it tonight. Yep. <laughs> cool. I like it. 
I'm not using mine tonight. I'm using my standard issue AmateurLogic.tv cup here. I did use that one, I think, on a Ham Nation maybe Wednesday night. I don't remember. I, I think I think that's uh, the last time I used it. So it got bright in there all of a sudden, Emil. I'm not. Yeah, that's me. Oh, okay. <laughs> you took it out of dark, did. out of dark mode, didn't you? No. Yeah, I went. I went to another picture screen. Yeah, this is from a, a Facebook post from uh, I believe a one of our uh, new members, Doug Hayes, uh, KD nine LOR over in Indiana, from what I understand. And uh, he just said, "Hey, George and Tommy, just wanted to thank you both for the help with uh, Ham College. Took the general Saturday on October thirty first, and now I'm uh, KD nine LOR slash AG." Enjoyed the classes, so that, there you go, guys. Proof that uh, all of the dean and professorship is uh, paying off. So, congrats to uh, Doug Hayes, and can't wait to hear him on the air somewhere. Yeah, congrats, Doug. Uh, yeah, for uh, being another Ham College graduate. Yeah, congrats. You know, we're going to have to get the class together for a group photo one day, Tommy. Yeah, that would be good. Mm-hmm. Maybe twenty twenty one. Yeah. We we'll should get everybody opinion. to send in our, uh, their photo, and we can do a montage or a collage. A yearbook. Yeah. <laughs> cool. That's an idea. I always meant the. Is it is it called Ham College or it's a Ham College, but it doesn't have a name? Does the college <laughs> itself have a name? Yeah. Ham. Yeah, right there. Oh, Ham College. Why yes. didn't you say so? It's Lipton's Ham College. Oh, wait a minute. Mine's got Earl Gray's university. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, enough of that. Um, You know, I just I'm just got to say it, George. Uh, The idea of Mike putting together a yearbook is a scary thing in general for me. I'm just going to say it. (laughs) Now that you mention it, yeah. They're, it could be interesting. We're in trouble. <laughs> so, but now that you said that, nobody is going to send us photos. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. No, maybe. Oh, uh, folks in the chat room, what I what I've been known to do from time to time is I take still shots based on the uh, live recording, and then I use those as the photos. That's a little uh, a little tip for you. Oh, okay. Recently, I did a video for ICOM on the 9700 here on doing uh, the D-Star picture mode, and it it was really interesting and kind of neat technology. So anyway, I thought you guys might enjoy seeing that as well. Hi, I'm Tommy from AmateurLogic.tv. Today, I'm going to show you how to send a picture from one D-Star radio to another using the picture sharing mode. It's great technology. It's useful for sending pictures amongst your friends, but more importantly, it's great for emergency communications. For instance, if you're out surveying storm damage, you need to get pictures back to the EOC. It's a great tool to do that. A lot of uses for it. It's only limited by your willingness to use it and your imagination. Let's get started. In this example, I'm going to use my IC9700 behind me on my desk back here, as well as my ID51 Plus 2. In addition to those, we're going to need a few more things. I've got an Android tablet here beside me that has the ICOM RS MS1A software installed. 
That software is available for free from the Google Play Store. And we also need a cable. I've got the OPC2350LU data cable from ICOM. One end has a 2.5mm data jack, and the other end has a micro USB cable. This will go between the data jack on the ID51A Plus 2 to the USB port on the tablet. Let's go ahead and hook that up. On the side of the radio, right above where the charging port is, if we pull up the little rubber flap, that's the data port above it. So let's go ahead and hook the 2.5mm data jack into that. And let's hook the other end into our tablet. Right away it knows this is an ICOM cable and it's showing me the two pieces of software that I have installed here that will work with it. I've got the RSMS1A and the RSMS3A software on here. So let's go ahead and run the RSMS1A since that's what we need for this example. And I'm just going to pick just once because I like it to ask me in case I want to run the other software sometime. I'm using my ID51A plus 2. You can see on the tablet here that it's actually showing the frequency that's on my handy talkie here. Let's go ahead and change over into DV mode since I'm in FM. This is normally, I use this for my normal FM channel here, but we'll switch mode. So I'll tap the mode button on my radio. It's FM narrow. One more puts me into DV mode. You can see that on the tablet right here. Let's take a look at the 9700. I've got it on the same frequency, 446.3, and I'm also in DV mode. Let's go into the menu, and on page 2 of the menu, we've got picture. If you don't have picture in the menu on page 2, you need to update the firmware of your 9700. This feature came out in version 1.2, so you're going to need 1.2 or later to take advantage of this functionality. We'll touch picture. And we can see a new set of controls down here. On the left, we've got the RX, which is where a picture will show up when we receive one. We've got TX, which are the pictures that are available. Now, there's a picture showing on here because I took a picture of my Arduino project that I built on Amateur Logic a while back. I'm just going to use that picture to send from the 9700 over here to the Android tablet. Let's focus on the send first. So let's go over here to the tablet. We'll touch the menu. Let's go to share pictures. And we get a new screen. We've got send, receive, transmit history, and receive history functionality on the screen. We'll just focus on send at the moment. So to send a picture, I'm going to use one that I took earlier. So let's hold down for one second. Here we've got three options. Camera, gallery, and clear the picture. Camera will let us take a picture and send that right away. Gallery will let us pick one that's stored on the tablet and clear the picture will just erase what's on the screen so you can load a different one in. We'll go to gallery just for this demonstration since I already took a picture earlier. And we'll hit gallery there. And I'm going to use this uh, picture that I took earlier. So I just touched it there as you can see and it loaded it in. Now we've got a box that we can crop to exclude any details that are unnecessary to reduce the file size. So click done. It's cropping and saving that picture now. Now we've got some other options. Picture quality and picture size. We can do low quality and a small picture that will send really fast. I can do high quality and the bigger picture is 640 by 480 which will take a little bit longer to send. I ran a quick test with my project picture cropped to fully to the size started out with a 44K image, 
I ran all three file sizes and all three quality settings, and you can see the results I got in seconds. Here for this demonstration, I'll just pick the middle of the road and go with the middle option on both of those and click OK. Now we've also got receiver. We hit that, and I'll just hit CQCQ. So in DSTAR rules, that'll go to anybody that's listening and in receive picture mode would be able to see this picture. And I'm fine with that. I'd like my new radio over here. I'm willing to share the picture so they can see it. I've got position here. What this will do is attach the GPS coordinates and send it with it so that you can see exactly where the picture was taken or sent from. And I'm going to use the GPS or Wi-Fi here for this demo, although we can pick the coordinates from a map or we can manually enter them. I want to use the ones from my ID51A since I've got GPS in it turned on. It put a check mark beside the position box so that we can see that it's enabled. When I touch start transmitting, the ID51A will key up and we'll receive it over here on the 9700. So let's do that. We've got a notice here that says if the GPS on the transmitter is on, both the transceiver location and the picture location will be sent. Go OK. We can see the cursor running across the screen. It's sending little individual blocks. Now over here on the 9700, you can see my coordinates and who, who is sending the picture in 5Z and O. On the receive block over here, we see that the picture's being generated on the screen. While that's sending, one cool thing is if there happens to be a little interference on the frequency or something, you do have the ability to go back in here and touch the places on the screen and resend from there on so you can send part of the picture if you need to. Okay, picture's completed. And reset the block to the first one. Over here on the 9700, if we touch the picture that we just received, we can zoom in and see it. If we touch history, we can see the information about it. It came from my station, and this is the quality, this is the date and time that we did it. If we hit save, it saves to the memory card that's already in my 9700 here. Let's go the other way now. Let's send my Arduino project over here to the ID51 and the Android tablet. I'll go over here to my tablet, go into receive mode, and we're sitting here waiting. On the 9700, we'll touch the picture. We hit transmit set. That happens to be the only picture I have on my SD card right now. I took that picture a while back when I built the project and I resized it to 640 by 480 and I put it over into the pictures folder on my SD card and you can see it right here. I took the card out, used the card reader on my computer beside me here. The dimensions of the picture need to be no larger than 640 by 480 and the size cannot be any greater than 200K. Now here the picture we're going to send, I can touch that icon of the picture and we can scroll through any available ones. There's the one that I just received from the other radio here beside me. But I'm going to go ahead and send my Arduino projects so I'm kind of proud of that. We can do the sizes, the 160, 320, or 640 sizes, and I'll pick the middle one again. And picture quality, the same thing, low, standard, and high. Receiver, CQCQ, using the standard T-Star rules for sending. And we go back here. We've got Pick TX. If we touch that, it puts an icon at the top. If I hold down the push to talk on the radio, it'll only send it then, and I can let go and it'll cease sending. But I want to send it automatically. If we want to send part of the picture like I was showing on the tablet, we can do that by hitting block. And you can move to the cursor to where it is, and it'll send from that point forward. But I want to go back to the first and send the whole picture. 
So I'll do set for that and we'll go back out. First I'll automatically move it to the front also so you don't have to go through that screen. TXR will send the whole picture without having to hit the push to talk. So that's what I want to do. We'll transmit the remaining blocks, okay? And I'm sitting over here on my tablet in mode to receive, so let's go ahead and do that. You can see it being received over here on the tablet. It's coming from N5Z and O, and it's using the standard resolution, and there's the date and time. And I want to save the picture of my nice project, so I'll hit save, and it saved it to the gallery on my tablet. It's a fun thing to have to play around with, but there are a lot of practical applications for this technology as well. I hope you'll give it a try. 73. I learned some things there I didn't know. Apparently that picture mode has gotten some, some better features to it since the last time I saw it. Yeah, it, it's really cool. Um, there's a lot of people that kind of kind of really getting into it now. There's a net. I did a little short segment on it uh, not too long after I did that uh, that video. Uh, the short segment about the picture net, rather. And uh, anyway, I can't remember the reflector that it's on, but it's re it's pretty cool. It comes. It's every Wednesday night, and I can post the uh, the information in the show notes if you're interested in it. Or if you go to the uh, ICOM America YouTube page and find my video, there are some comments down below it with the times and the locations of that net, too. Yeah, and include that in the notes on the wiki there. That'll be good. Yeah, I, I, I will when I do them this time. I'll, I'll add them in there. Yeah. Well, I happen to have an email here. Our friend Chip, K9MIT. Chip sent me a photo here, and he said, Why spend $100? For a line launcher, when $6 on a reel from Walmart, a $5 slingshot, and some scrap PVC, and unions will do the same thing. Works well, was quite fast, and cheap to build. Uh-oh. Okay. the magic word. Now, he did not include the cost of those tie wraps in there, Emil. <laughs> <laughs> but I got to say... You know, I'm I'm on board with that. I almost rushed right out when I got the email with this and and picked up some supplies there. Really, all I need is a reel because the uh, Scooby Doo when I bought at Walmart just wasn't up to the job. The Scooby, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't understand that. Yeah, Should I don't be. either. It was on sale, and you know, and the original price was shoot almost six dollars, I think. So. <laughs> Wait, I got one. I got one. Chip, that was real cheap. <laughs> that was. That was. Well, that's com compliant right there, Chip. Yep. You get the seal of approval, Emil? Yep. He's got it. The cheap <laughs> housekeeping seal of approval. Is that? Oh. Okay. We're going to be right back because we got more to go tonight. But first, let's get a message, see what's going on at MFJ. Introducing RigPi 2, the first major upgrade to the original MFJ 1234 or RigPi 1. Complete RigPi 2s come with pre installed version 2.0 RigPi operating system 
using the latest Raspbian Buster operating system compatible with the Raspberry Pi 4B and 3B+. RigPi version 1 owners may upgrade their units by purchasing a micro SD card or download containing the version 2.0 RigPi operating system. New MFJ1234B RigPi 2 units include the latest Raspberry Pi Model 4B with 2GB of RAM and 32GB micro SD card. RigPi version 2 is jam-packed with features and comes with over 30 new features to excite the ham radio world. Here are just a few of the features of RigPi 2 OS. Remote CW keying over the internet. Support for over 27 new radios has been added. Control push-to-talk and frequency from a Contour Shuttle Express multimedia controller. Control PTT, power on-off, and relays with Flick Bluetooth remote switches. Support for changing antennas remotely with an Ameritron RCS-12 antenna switcher. Power amp control. For an added touch of functionality, connect a webcam to RigPi and watch your radio in the RigPi browser on your phone or tablet. On-screen sliders are included for adjusting AF gain, RF gain, power and mic level, and CW speed. Control 8 on-off devices or relays with macros using a special cable, and much, much more. If you've been looking for the perfect way to operate your station remotely, learn more about the new MFJ1234B RigPi version 2. Visit MFJEnterprises.com today. And that is a neat device. I have not upgraded my rig pie yet, Tommy. I'm going to have to do that. Uh, yeah, I'd like to do that. I, I love mine. I, I use it literally, I use it a lot, especially since I've been home. Mm-hmm. I, that's kind of weird, isn't it? Because you use it remotely too, but I actually <laughs> enjoy using it at home as well. Uh, the digital modes on it, I use it for my digital station a lot. Cool. There's a lot of functionality in that little box. It really is. Well, Tommy, you are up next on the email list tonight. What have, I have you got an, there? I have an email. I mean, an email. <laughs> email. Okay. I got uh, this one's from David, KE5ZZO. And it says, in addition to Echolink being a free way for hams to get on the air, I just found out about M17, an open source competition to DMR DSTAR. Uh, I hope you could get a word out to other hands about this new digital mode. Uh, could you cover it in a video? A nice mode since you'll not be locked down to just one or two radio manufacturers. And it says look at the uh, m17project.org, which is on the screen right there. Uh, no radio required, just Windows file or Android file to use that mode. For Android, Google Play Store, Windows Search, uh, Google for uh, Dude Star. Uh, plug your DMR ID, and then you can get that at RadioID.net. It's a neat, no-cost way to try out digital modes. That's the first I've heard of that, David. Uh, thanks for bringing it to my attention, and uh, I'm going to check it out sometime here in the very near future for sure. You know, um, I didn't do any research into that. I, I saw that as well. Does anybody here know anything about it? Well, I hadn't until recently, until uh, I read the email from David as well, and it got my curiosity, but uh, 
out of, out of sheer coincidence, hmm. um, we're going to talk more about that. You think you think we set that up or something or planned it? Seems it seems kind of like that. If you didn't know better. This month, we're going to take a brief look at the relatively new RF protocol, M17, which was brought to our attention by David, KE5ZZO. The M17 Working Group is a team of several people from around the world and headed up by Wojciech, SP5WWP, in Poland. No, it's not a gun. M17 is a truly open free-to-use digital radio system. The M17 standard all schematics, PCB layouts, and source code is available to use for free on the GitHub pages. Why M17? It will allow hams to design and build their own devices again, such as a TR9, without having to rely completely on existing commercial hardware operating on DSTAR, DMR, and YSF. What is the main difference of M17 to existing digital standards like DMR? M17 uses Frequency Division Multiple Access FDMA, instead of Time Division Multiple Access TDMA. FDMA allows for two 6.25 kHz simultaneous links to be established on one 12.5 kHz channel. For those familiar with sound codecs, the software codec used in the M17 project is Codec 2. Before I move on, I just wanted to mention that others, such as Jonathan, G4KLX, have been working on implementing M17 into their projects too, such as MMDVM. I wouldn't be at all surprised to see it added to Pystar in the near future. If you remember from past Amateur Logic TV episodes, we showed you how you could make a D-Star contact using a Northwest Digital Radio Ambi 3000 PiDV board, and also using Jonathan G4KLX's IRC DDB gateway and dummy repeater software. And later, Digital Radio ThumbDV and BlueDV software by David PA7LIM. Doug 88 DP from Detroit wrote a little software application called DudeStar. It connects to reflectors and repeaters via UDP. It's similar in functionality to BlueDV but requires no Ambi 3000 device. The codec is completely software and is compatible with all of the Ambi 3000 based USB devices out there. D-Star, DMR, Fusion, P25, and XDN, and the new guy on the block, M17, are currently supported. VE3MIC, VA3PWJS, no bother, Mike. And actually, <laughs> I had to turn my volume down. Uh, you've got good, strong audio there now. I've actually turned the volume down a couple of notches on my radio, so I would say you, you've got it licked there. Well, thanks for picking me up, Paul. And yeah, I just kind of fell into here. 
I didn't know if the net would still be going or not. It took a few minutes for me to get everything shut down and get the hot spot booted up. And thanks for the congratulations there. It um, I wasn't expecting that. It just happened. But I'll I'll take the award. Somebody's got to do it, and I'll just take a bullet for everyone on that. I guess. So Paul, back to you and. Uh, uh, 73 and thanks for your service to all the out there. And we will catch you all next week from W5JDX. The M17 project is pretty interesting. Unfortunately, I didn't find any activity going on on the uh, M. Well, actually, you know what? I'm not sure whether they refer to it on M17 as a reflector, as a talk group. But anyway, they're all basically kind of the same thing. But, um, I didn't find any activity. I guess it's so new that there's very few users uh, that are actually trying it out yet. So I wasn't able to uh, make a contact using the M17 um, group. But um, anyway, uh, it's in its early stages, obviously. But it's you know it sounds not too bad. Um, I have uh, kind of a couple of simple rules when it comes to digital and. First of all, you got to be under, able to understand what the person's saying. And the second thing about that is you have to be able to identify who that person is by their voice. And uh, I would say it's almost there. You could tell there was a slight edge um, using it on, on DMR rather than DSTAR. But um, it's it's all about the codec, right? So um, I, I'm sure things will improve uh, before too long. And uh, we'll, we'll see it eventually probably on PyStar as well. Yeah, I, I would kind of have to agree. I didn't realize that was me talking at first there, and then I remembered the conversation, and yeah. That, so, um, is there is there certain places like where people are um, trying it out or doing it? You know, certain place like a reflector. Yes, if you download the uh, the Dude Star app, it comes kind of preloaded with a drop down list. Uh, for uh, various, um, I, I'm going to call them talk groups. Um, the one I was trying to to find somebody on was called M17-USA, and it looks like uh, from the list there's uh, various. Uh, 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 there's probably a list of about 20 or 25, I think, and uh, it seems like uh, a lot of larger com- uh, countries in Europe have have their own kind of talk group on M17 and. It's almost you can tell it's being developed over in Europe, um, and uh, it's catching on over here because there seems to be uh, obviously more more channels or more talk groups for uh, the Europeans right now than there is over for North America. And I didn't actually see one on Canada, like for Canada yet, so just the USA. Okay, we're going to be back in just a moment because we've got something I think is special. I haven't seen it yet, but... It's a very interesting topic, and a lot of people have been wanting to know how this is done. We'll be back in just a moment to take a look at the K8JTK Interface Hub. Ham for the Holidays. ICOM's newest handheld amateur radio is the ID52A. Larger radio, larger color display, and louder audio. This VHF-UHF digital transceiver is much more than a replacement for the ID51A. The color display is 2.3 inches for exceptional viewability, and the audio is 80% louder. This multifunction dual-band D-Star transceiver supports DR mode, 
for easy access to local repeaters based on internal GPS information as well as terminal and access point modes. The ID52A also has Bluetooth for audio and data control. The IC705 is the perfect sidekick for hams who like to enjoy what both the great indoors and outdoors have to offer. It's the perfect QRP companion, base station features and functionalities at the tips of your fingers in a portable package covering HF, 6 meters, 2 meters, and 70 centimeters. This compact rig weighs in just over 2 pounds with RF direct sampling for most of the HF band and IF sampling for frequencies above 25 megahertz. 4.3 inch color touchscreen with live band scope and waterfall, 5 watts with the BP272, 10 watts with 13.8 volt DC external, single sideband, CW, AM, FM, as well as full D-Star functions. Visit icomamerica.com slash amateur for more information on ICOM radios. A lot of you know that we have the Amateur Logic Soundcheck Net started when the uh, corona. I hate to even say it because it's almost like people don't want to hear it, but the, when the coronavirus stuff sort of shut things down and people were trapped in, we started a, uh, a, a net and called it the Amateur Logic Soundcheck Net. Well, <clears throat> there's several systems that tie all, a lot of different modes together, and Jeffries is one of the ones that we use, and uh, it's, I think he's got the most modes of any of that I've seen. And uh, after the net one night, I asked him if he'd be interested in coming on here and tell, talking to us about how he did it. And so I had a little chat with him, and he put together a nice presentation showing how everything's tied together. Those of you that have been checking in on the Amateur Logic Soundcheck Net have asked how do we get all those modes together. Uh, we've got D-Star, DMR, Fusion, a lot of different ones that we can use at the same time. Well, the man that put the magic together here is with us today, and uh, let's get over to him. Hey, hey Jeffrey. Hey, Tommy. Uh, glad you could join us today. Yeah, no problem. Your call sign's KJTK, and it's very familiar to a lot of people. How might they know that call sign? Well, I do a couple different things. Uh, I do a couple things for the Ohio section, um, the technical coordinator. And uh, they've also heard that if they've ever checked into the uh, Ham Nation D-Star after show net. Uh, we do that on Reflector 14 Charlie, uh, kind of close to the end of the uh, the show there, about 10 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Pacific. I know you've had a lot of people ask you um, after the net, uh, how how's all this magic happen, all this black magic, uh, all these different modes, digital, analog, uh, D-Star, uh, all-star echo link everything's all tied together and uh, you put together a little presentation for us so uh, let, let's take a quick look at that and then we'll come back to that hello amateur logic this is jeffrey kopchik amateur call k8jtk for the past couple months the kjtk hub has been part of the amateur logic soundcheck net on tuesday evenings many have wondered how this is set up and how all these modes are able to communicate with each other so I've put together a presentation on the DVMIS, or Digital VoIP Multimode Interlink System. Yeah, I'm not great at naming things either. Why in the world would I put something together like this? In ham radio, my primary interest have been the experimentation side of ham radio, computers and networking specifically, to support some open source projects, and to interlink ham radio voiceover IP modes for interoperability. 
Many digital modes sit on their own island and are not able to communicate with other modes. A good example is the early days of D-Star, where the reflectors and repeaters had no cross-connectivity to the analog world. I also wanted to utilize the ham radio spectrum that we've been giving and place transmissions there, that being hotspots and repeaters. Hamshack Hotline is the exception. The reason for that is because those are also used frequently in emergency operation centers. Wanted the system to be reliable and resilient to hardware power and weather issues or outages, and wanted it to be fairly inexpensive. Would it be email approved? More than likely not. Here are the software packages used on the system. For more information about these applications, visit the online version of this presentation to explore them in more detail. I'll have the address at the end of this segment. To support this effort, there are three virtual private servers running Debian Linux in a Chicago data center. Remote hardware consists of a Raspberry Pi with a Northwest Digital Radio DV3000. Longtime fans should recognize that device as one that Mike VE3MIC documented for Amateur Logic. It is not used in the same setup, but the concept is very similar, taking analog audio and converting it to and from D-Star. The DV3000 is required to have any usable audio on D-Star in this setup. Wires X consists of an HRI200 and FTM radio. Getting physical hardware in a data center is expensive and the reason a lot of these devices are remote. The hub currently supports 10 different networks utilizing 8 full-time linked modes. It's integrated allowing any user on one network to communicate with users on any of the other networks. AllStar is the hub and has individual nodes for control, allowing networks to be added or removed as needed. So how can someone get connected to the KHATK hub? Here I've listed all the nodes and connection points. For AllStar Link, it's 50394. For DMR, utilizing either the Brandmeister or TJF networks, it is Talk Group 31983. For DSTAR, it's XLX983Alpha. You'll see that on open spots. For PyStar users, it's DCS983Alpha. And the A module is just my designation for analog bridge. Echolink is the DVMIS conference. That is 600008. Hamshack hotline, dial 94026. If you haven't utilized these types of nodes on Hamshack hotline, you have to press star 99 to transmit. And then when you're done, hit the pound sign to stop transmitting. Both NXDN and P25, they are talk group 31983. System Fusion, if your radio has the ability to search alpha IDs, it's KJTK-hub, or the numeric is 31983. Also on Wires X, if you can search alpha IDs, it's KJTK-room, or node number 40680. On my website, I have information on connecting, systems or radios you can use, status updates, and much more. That is both on my website, khatk.org, or you can go up to my QRZ page, and it is linked there as well. Here are some dashboard URLs for the KHATK Hub. These dashboards usually indicate nodes that are connected, nodes that are transmitting, or nodes that have recently transmitted. If we look up at the All-Star Monitor, we see that there is Conference Room 0 up at the top here, I use these pseudo-conference rooms to link in other modes. For example, the first time we used the KHATK hub only linked D-Star and DMR, but the other nodes were not used. Each mode is represented here with its own node number, so we can tell which modes are linked in to conference room 0. We notice up at the top here that there is a bar that's highlighted in green. 
those represent some sort of transmission being received from that node. So if we go look at 50394 a little bit further down, we see that there are a number of nodes connected and that W7UDI in Washington is transmitting. So that's Steve's node. He's currently transmitting. A little further down the page, we see the Hamshack hotline extensions. Unfortunately, these names don't fill in, but if we take these node numbers, we could go look them up on the Hamshack hotline website and find out who was connected at that time. I grabbed a screenshot from the WE0FUN machine and their all-star monitor. Here we see the Canyon City Hub in Canyon City, Colorado. Their node 1976, which is one of their repeaters, is transmitting. Since the KJTK hub is connected, 50394, we are also receiving that transmission, in addition to all the other nodes that are connected here. Next up is the Brandmeister Last Heard dashboard. Here we see George W5JDX highlighted, and that indicates he is transmitting. We see his DMRID, in addition to the destination talk group being the KJTK hub 31983 talk group. We also see some additional information about his transmission, including his time slot, signal quality, and his duration. Here is the XLX D-Star Reflector dashboard. We also see George W5JDX making a transmission. However, it is a different one from the DMR one we saw earlier. We know he is transmitting because he's first on the list, and he also has the beacon indicator, which is yellow and orange, to the left of his call sign. Stations below him are transmissions that have happened before his. To the right of the call sign log, we see other stations that are connected to Module A. This wire's XView is not accessible via the internet. It's only available to me as the node owner. In the upper left, we see nodes that are connected to the KJTK room. We see some highlighted in green, that being Emil KE5QKR and his W5SLA repeater. That indicates that Emil is transmitting into his repeater and it is being retransmitted by my node. The last dashboard I'm going to show is the YSF Reflector Dashboard. It is very similar in layout to the NXDN Reflector Dashboard and the P25 Reflector Dashboard. Up at the top we see there's a station currently transmitting, KD0EMJ. His target looks a little weird because he is actually coming through on wires X. Below that is some system info including CPU usage and uptime, and the next to that is disk usage on the reflector. Connected nodes are displayed under YSF gateways. The last heard list shows the last time the station recently transmitted on the reflector. Today's heard list includes all transmissions and all stations that have made transmissions on the YSF reflector. There's a search box to search for stations or multiple pages that can be browsed through. The all-time heard list is very similar to the today's heard list, except the information ages off after about three days. I drew up some diagrams of the KJTK hub. The first diagram is logical connections. This diagram is a little cleaner, showing the audio path to and from different modes. You can review this diagram at your convenience in the online version of this presentation. The second graph is the IP connections graph. This monstrosity represents all the connections that are taking place. Shown in the diagram are the three virtual private servers, one Raspberry Pi, one DV3000, all the programs that are used, and all the IP connections that are happening. For example, if we wanted to figure out how audio from Hamshack Hotline makes it to D-Star, we can do it using this graph. Let's begin at the Hamshack Hotline side. The Hamshack Hotline user will pick up their phone, dial the extension, a connection is made from the Hamshack Hotline Network into the KJTK Hub All-Star Link node. 
Remember, once audio hits All-Star Link, it acts as a reflector distributing the audio to all the other connected nodes. We see in the list that D-Star is indicated by the red color coding. We can follow the red arrow from All-Star Link all the way across to VPS3, and we see that there's a label in the middle saying that that is a USRP stream. We follow that data stream through the private network to the Raspberry Pi. That stream hits Analog Bridge, sends it to the DB3000, the DB3000 converts it to an Ambi TLV stream. It is sent back through Analog Bridge to MMDVM Bridge. MMDVM takes that and sends it over to the IRC DDB gateway. The gateway application acts as the connecting point between MMDVM Bridge and the XLX reflector. Once it hits the XLX reflector, it is distributed to all the other connected DSTAR users through repeaters or hotspots. The opposite data path takes place for any DSTAR user that is transmitting and talking to anyone on HamShack Hotline. That is an example of using this graph and how to trace the conversion process. Last but certainly not least, I would like to thank everyone at AmateurLogic.tv and everyone that has checked into the AmateurLogic soundcheck net on Tuesday evenings. With everyone using it for the net, it has helped me identify issues, get them resolved, and offer a top-notch system. I really liked the time when Mike and Emil were competing to see who was going to win the most amount of modes in one net. The gloves came off and it was very entertaining. Again, thank you for letting me be part of your net. Thank you for watching. Again, this is Jeffrey Kopchik, call sign K8JTK. You can email me or view this presentation on my website at k8jtk.org. Thanks, and 7-3. Well, that's pretty involved. Uh, that uh, diagram, you call it a monstrosity. I'm not sure I call it a monstrosity. It's more like a work of art. Um, How did you come up with the plan to do all that? Well, like you said, a lot of people have been asking how everything's connected together, and uh, even in setting up this whole thing, keeping all the uh, ports and everything straight, um, it started to formulate in my head, and, and like you said, people were asking. So I figured, well, I better put this together to kind of show people, you know, all the different applications and how they're interconnected so that all this can actually work together. And I came up with that diagram and uh, uh, figured I'd put it in a presentation to uh, show everybody how it works. At the end of the uh, video, you said that uh, there's a more detailed uh, one on your website, and you can find it here. It's got just a little bit more about how things are tied together, right? Yeah, it's a little bit more information about the software packages that are used. You know, all stars like for audio routing and a number of applications from Jonathan Naylor, G4KLX, and, uh, you know, the DB switch applications, kind of how those work and what the methodology is behind them. goes into a little bit more detail. In addition to all the links that were shown in the presentation, there can be clicked on, and you can go to the to the web page referenced. Did you come up with the idea of putting all these together, or was that something? Uh, how how did you find out how to do all of it? It was a little bit of uh, you know wanting to do this because, as I said in the very beginning, there uh, some of the digital modes are kind of on their own island. I figure interconnect everything together. Um, you know, a couple of people have done this already, so it's not like it's something completely unique, but, you know, usually how you do it or the number of modes you've added and uh, how you have them tied together is usually unique because the DV switch software, you can do it many, many, many different ways. And um, how you do it is, is kind of how the operator wanted to do it. Like, for example, I used All Star, 
so that if there's a problem, I can disconnect a mode, for example. I really appreciate uh, all the work you put in on that and letting us use your system without it. I, without that, and uh, Brad's got a similar system, N8PC, um, but without you guys, uh, the net would have probably died a long time ago. And as it is, with all the different modes and all the interest in it, um, it's still going pretty strong. So really appreciate that. Yeah, well, certainly thank you for that. And uh, there, I've certainly done a lot of work behind the scenes to to get it working as well as it is. Enjoy you guys and using the system, and it's always fun to uh, see everybody checking in on different modes and be able to do that through the system. So, uh, again, thank you for uh, letting me be part of your net. All right. Well, appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. 73. We'll see you Tuesday night. 73. Boy, my head's still swimming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's a pretty complex system, and uh, it, it works amazingly well. Uh, I had some more, but the segment was getting so long, I didn't, I didn't leave it all in there. But we had, he's been really, really great about helping us and uh, setting everything up. And we had a little problem with the audio, and he, he worked real hard uh, to get the D-Star to Echolink stuff straightened out. And it's been pristine. Um, so anyway, he's a great guy. He did an awesome job on his uh, presentation as well. He's got a great narration voice. Yeah, it's... Um you know, when we first started out, it was a little rough around the edges, but now it's amazing how smooth everything links together and, and just works. Yeah, and uh, it I'm not sure if the net would have, like, died, but we we have so much more participation because we've got people from all those different modes coming in now. We were only limited to Echolink. You know, some people don't like doing Echolink, just like some people don't like DMR and so forth, but now everybody whatever you like you can come together and have one big fun net and uh, it, if you haven't checked it out it's a great time there'll be a slide at the end of the show that tells you a little bit more about the net if you're not familiar with it so you got to take some time and come check us out on tuesday night and i don't i don't know what he's talking about george uh, with the competition I, I don't know what he's talking do you know what he's talking about mike <laughs> are you giving him a kidney contra <laughs> what's going on there <laughs> No, we have fun. We, we have fun. Yeah. Anyway, amazing job, Jeff, and uh, thanks again for doing that. And uh, can I can I hire your uh, voiceovers for uh, for my uh, <laughs> slideshow presentations? <laughs> yeah, I I think Jeff is actually um, a professional. I, I believe he works. Well, he sounds like he might be in media of some kind. Yeah, um, I think he worked in television. Uh, okay, well that. Certainly explains a few things. Yeah, yeah. He just didn't decide. Oh, let me see if I can put something together. He kind of. It's obvious he he knew what he was doing. Absolutely. Excellent job. Yep. Thanks. Yeah, it's a it's a really fun net. I had to keep coming back on that. We also I didn't mention it, but we rotate uh, net controls each week, and it's somebody different, and sometimes it's us. We all take turns, and sometimes we have guest ones. We've Jeff Jeffrey's done it. Uh, Marty in the chat room has done it. Tom in the Ch- chat room. He's teaching John. Yeah, we've had a few uh, celebrities do it. Um, Hollywood <laughs> yeah. stars. Yeah, Amanda and Jeff uh, from Ham Nation have done it, and uh, it's just been it's just a lot of fun. Yep, yeah. sure is. 
Well, back into our email pile here. It is Mike's turn. Uh, it's not an email, is it? What have you got for us, Mike? Well, it, it's that time again. It's it's time for the ARL, ARRL uh, November Sweepstakes, or the November Sweeps, as it's referred to. Um, now, the uh, because of the airing of this uh, segment, uh, the CW contest part of it has already uh, gone by. But there's a phone contest coming up on the on the twenty uh, first to the twenty third, and uh, I've never participated in it myself. But from what I understand, it's a really really fun contest, and it's actually a a good time of the year because people are kind of winding down for Christmas and. They usually have some free time, whereas, you know, the summer contests are nice because of the weather. And, um, you know, it's just a good time to have a have a contest because people are probably indoors at that time of the year anyway, unless you're living in sunny Florida. <laughs> yep. Well, I may have to check that out. That uh, I have never participated in that either, so... A couple of guys from my uh, local ham club, they've, uh, I'm not sure, I'm sure there's more than one um, winner. I guess they have different uh, different uh, winners for different things as part of that uh, November sweeps. But uh, I remember at field day, um, the one guy was distributing a bunch of uh, mugs that they had won, coffee mugs that they had won from uh, from the... I guess they had, had uh, let's see, well, it would have been in November, and, um, you know, uh, field day was in June. So, yeah, they they just arrived, and uh, they were handing them out to the guys at the uh, at the field day. Um, but uh, anyway, it was kind of fun uh, to hear them talk about it. It sounds like a lot of fun, and I'd like to try it out myself. Cool. Email, I understand you've got one more item for tonight. I do. And it's a um, another Facebook uh, post. Not much to the post, George, but it's an awesome picture. If you have that one, yeah. Um, this is from uh, Into CEC, I believe, is the call from uh, Michael Grassi. Hope I'm saying that right. And he says, "I have an uh, amateur TV fast scan station available from a silent key. Let me know if you can use it." I, I, I looked at that and I said, "Wow, that's got some interesting looking equipment that." Most likely predates me, I'm guessing. Um, and there, there's some pretty interesting things on there. I like the uh, use of the paneling for the uh, really big meters and some of the knobs and speaker screens. And, George, you could probably name some of the stuff in that rack because I'm not sure I, I see it all. But uh, I've never actually seen or or even received a fast scan uh, station yet as a ham. So interesting, interesting setup here. Yeah, very interesting. You know, that, uh, I, I do recognize some of that gear, not that I have seen anything in that rack firsthand. This is really um, earlier generation than when I worked in television. But like on the left there, you know, you see that monitor, uh, the black and white TV monitor, and right below that, I can't see it good from here, but I think it's a... Um, a video waveform monitor, kind of familiar, and then uh, an old black and white television set. It looks like in there, and I don't recognize all that stuff because, like I say, 
it kind of predates my television days. Some of that is homebrew, and it looks like a lot of it is tube type. So uh, this guy knew what he was doing, man. Uh, yep. And no doubt, you know, back, I guess that's in all NTSC, the, the standards from, from then, you know. Um, yep. It got me thinking into some things and what's coming up on our fronts. You know, some of the ATS standards are changing around lately and kind of made me look out, go out and look, see what's out there. Yeah. Uh, interesting stuff. Yeah. So let me just ask a question here. And any of you can answer, you know, what if you showed up? for tonight's show or any ham radio event, and you didn't have a monogrammed shirt, you know. All you had was maybe like a pumpkin orange <laughs> T-shirt. I you didn't have a shirt. <laughs> well, that too. <laughs> you know, where could you get a shirt? Help a well, brother out. You, everybody needs a shirt. Trust me on that. Amateurlogic.spreadshirt.com, and you can get a shirt. You can get a cap, cups, jackets, all kinds of cool swag. Uh, There's even some ham college stuff in there. Um, So anyway, go check it out at amateurlogic.spreadshirt.com and and see. There's bound to be something on there you like. Bound might be a lot of things you like. It's just in time for the shopping season, too. I'm going to need an uh, an amateur logic TV snow shovel before long. I'm going to have to trade (laughs) that pitchfork in back there. Do they? I guess it's back there. Do they have these again, Tommy? Do you know? I haven't haven't looked. They were out of stock on them, I'm assuming, because of the pandemic stuff. But uh, I need to look back on there and see. Okay. I hope so. Well, speaking of pandemics and shows, do the, the, is there any uh, amateur logic TV underwear for those who don't wear pants while we're doing this? <laughs> there needs to be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, those those can be found in the unmentionable section on the uh, Spreadshirt uh, site. <laughs> Unmentionables, got it. Yes. <laughs> Moving right along here. <laughs> yeah. Next subject. I was I was kind of waiting to find out how we we're going to get out of this one, but <laughs> right here, this right here. Yeah, that's uh, that's the amateur logic sound check net I was talking about a few minutes ago. It's there every Tuesday night at eight p.m. Central Time or zero two hundred UTC, and you can see the list of modes we've got there. Uh, most of those are supported by Jeffrey's hub that you saw in the segment earlier, but also we've got uh, Brad N eight PCs system linked in there as well um i appreciate both of those guys for helping us run support the net yeah and be be sure to come and join us you see where it says at the bottom there check in with multiple modes is encouraged you know me me and mike have some fun i'm pretty sure running around the shack figuring out what mode we're going to do next when we're getting up into the four and fivers yeah i'm you know i i'm limited to four modes myself because i'm trying to use all legit modes you know (laughs) And, and you guys, I don't know about some of this stuff you come up with. The illegit? The illegits, yeah. Uh, just because we check in with multiple modes in one check-in, it, that's legit. No, I don't know. You know, that's, that's should, still it, it up. It should count for half a point anyway. Yeah, you got to check. You got you to gotta make one distinct check-in per mode for it to count. Well, look, now that Jeff ha- has showed us 
the secrets behind the scenes of great, the great Oz. I can see it's auditable, so he knows I'm checking in. Yeah. <laughs> Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. <laughs> All right, moving right along. Uh, you know, during the month, well, you can catch up with us through one of our social media sites, and uh, we're at facebook.com slash group slash amateurlogic.tv, or you can follow us on Twitter. At Amateur Logic and at Ham College as well. Or Groups IO. G slash G Amateur Logic. Okay. And, well, we need one more because we're missing one from Mike. So there's an Insta- there's an Instagram. I don't it's never made it on there, but we do have an amateur logic Instagram. There's not a lot of activity on it. I post when we do field day or go to ham fest and things like that. There hadn't been a lot of that this year, so not a lot of activity. Yeah. I did so, post a picture last uh, last Amateur Logic uh, right before we started taping. Cool. And the show notes wiki, if you want to find the links to some of the things that we talked about uh, this evening or more information, you can find those at amateurlogic.tv slash wiki. And I'll have the uh, the link to the project Mike had. I'll have the link to Jeffrey's uh, site, uh, so you can go check out that other presentation and whatever else that was that we've mentioned that I need to put in there. All the all the links from the show will be in there. Yep. All right. Well, that's going to do it for tonight. Let's go around the horn and see if anybody's got anything uh, extra tonight. I'm just going to say. Uh, you know, check us at the end of the month for the next Ham College. Uh, Professor Thomas and Dean Martin will be back. I don't know what uh, what the topic will be yet, so we'll have to check into that. But the last one was amateur television. If you're interested in that, uh, you know, we're studying for the extra class exam. But there's a lot of extra information that was put into that episode that you might want to check out to learn a little more about uh, fast scan and slow scan television to kind of whet your appetite for those. Uh, Tommy, what's what have you got for us to wind up tonight? I just uh, hope you guys have a ones in the U.S. that do Thanksgiving this month have a have a good Thanksgiving, and um, I'm gonna get out and I've got my RC705. I've been tied up with uh, stuff at work and I'm going to get that thing out and uh, use it out in the field this weekend some. So I'm looking forward to getting out and doing that. Cool. Email. Well, I'm just going to sit back and uh, enjoy my slacker week. I'm not even going to plan anything. I'm just going to sit back and say, yep, I won the slacker award. I'm a slacker. Yep. Yep. Your well, wife asks, says you need to cut the grass. Just tell her you got this month off. <laughs> well, keep, keep it cheap. All right. And Mike? I have nothing special planned, but um, uh, I would imagine I'm going to continue my procrastination on my BIDX20 project, hoping to regain the lead from Marty AD0PO. <laughs> um, I've got the box of incomplete dreams is to the top of the lid. I, I don't think I can fit. It was like it was like, uh, you know, that game um, Soccer Band where you try to push all the boxes into the place? 
the boxes like that, I've, I had everything in there. I took some things out, and then I couldn't get everything back in again. So I had to take absolutely everything out so that I could fit everything in the box again. But no more. There's no more room. And I have to say, no more to anything new for a while until I finish some of these things. Well, you know the solution to that then. So get started building, man. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully I'm, I'm going to have some time for that now. But uh, there always seems to be uh, something else. I can't use yard work for an excuse anymore because they, uh, the mowers are away for the season. And um, talking with Cousin Jerry down south there, he says he's going to be cutting his for a couple more weeks yet. And I've had mine away for at least two weeks. So um, anyway, I don't, I don't envy not having to cut the grass. I'll, I'll be running mine this weekend. Uh, you can come do mine too, then, if you want. If you get bored, <laughs> Mike. Mike KC seven KC seven DRI John in the chat room says if you send it back to India, you can regain your lead. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for being here, everyone. It's always a pleasure doing these shows with you each month, and we'll see you back around the fifteenth of well. Wow, it'll be December. I guess it'll be the Christmas show, huh? Oh yeah. wow. Yeah, I guess it will. I can't I can't believe how fast it's creeping up on us and I can't believe we're at the no- end of November already. Yeah. So. I know you got an email, though. I do, or a Facebook post. So why don't you tell us about it? What have, uh, well, let actually, me, let you, me tell you about it. Yeah, well, if you'd hold up, tell me about it for just a second, because all of a sudden, <laughs> a major piece of equipment just died here. <laughs> I, I didn't do it. Tommy did recently. Why don't you set it up, Tommy? Maybe not. Oh. Hey, real real quick, George, before you move forward, any Tommy, did you join the uh, the mouse the mouse club? George, look at his look at his shirt right on the other side. Yeah.